Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Power Leaf says it's breaking the monopoly on the supply of coca leaf extract and bringing on a new age of coca. Through an exclusive agreement, the Toronto-based manufacturer has developed a legal Colombian supply chain for decoconized coca extract to supply the global food and beverage markets. Here to tell us more about this unique market and how the company is taking on the coca monopoly is Power Leaf CEO Pat McCutcheon. Hi, Pat, and welcome to the NutriCast. Danielle, how are you doing? Thank you so much for taking me on the show. Yes, thanks for joining me. So I got to ask, you know, what got you to where you are today? What brought you here? And what is it about coca leaves that made you want to pursue it as a, a business? Yeah, well, this is definitely one of the most exciting things I've done in my, my personal life and professional life. There's no question. I've got uh, I've got about 15 years pharmaceutical sales and marketing supply chain strategy uh, and so I come from pharmaceuticals. I know a lot about the GMP side of things and international distribution of pharmaceutical products. I then moved to found a company with a number of founders in cannabis, uh, Medifarm Labs. We became the first cannabis company to do extraction only and only focus on the ingredients of, of THC and CBD for uh, pharmaceutical products. We brought that company to almost a billion dollars in the capital markets, and we actually exported the different cannabis products to almost 20 countries around the world. I then I moved from cannabis, and I, I took a took a small break during COVID to be with the family. And this came across my desk one day, and the pitch deck had coca leaves on it, and it was the first time I had ever seen a company focusing on coca leaves. I knew a little bit about Coca-Cola and the fact that they use coca leaves for their active ingredient, but this was the first opportunity to do this as a private company with expectations to go public out of Colombia. And so now I've learned so much about this plant. It's so interesting to have a very similar number actually to cannabis. It's over, it's 140 plus different uh, elements, minerals, nutrients that are in the coca leaf and the plant itself lives for between 70 to 100 years old, which is, is it's a perennial, it's not an annual. So it makes wow. it so much more unique of a plant. And also, obviously, this, the stigma behind it makes it really exciting to come in and, and really make change for the for the Indigenous communities that we're working with. So, so many different exciting angles to the product itself. Okay, and you mentioned Indigenous communities that you're working with. What's the relationship there? Yeah, we have uh, we have a 15 year exclusive deal with our with our indigenous partners, the NASA community, uh, and we work with a non for profit association called the NASA Walla. And so we work hand in hand with them. It is actually their facilities. It is in their communities. The indigenous communities of Colombia have a decree where they're legally allowed to cultivate, touch and transform into products, the coca plants and coca leaf. And so this was a really the first of its kind, a groundbreaking opportunity for an international company to come in and work with these wonderful people. And they've really given us now, as, as a team, a new opportunity to bring sustainable revenue and, and opportunities to these, these communities that have otherwise been through a very difficult and challenging life. Wow, that's so fascinating. So just to clarify, Coke is not legal in Colombia, but certain people can handle it. It's illicit. It's illegal. Uh, in Colombia, 
the cocoa plants are illegal to be grown outside of Indigenous territory. Only the Colombian Indigenous are actually legally able to to cultivate this within the, the Indigenous community territory. So that's why this is such a unique partnership and opportunity to access this really unique plant uh, is by working with them in their community on their land. And so where does the decocaining process take place and what does that entail? Yeah, so it's decoconization or decocaineization. Often it's difficult to pronounce, but so it happens in one of our two facilities where we do the extraction and our Indigenous partners actually do the extraction themselves. They they are actually the plant touching partner. We we cannot as an international or as a Colombian international, which is a major part of our operations team, cannot actually touch the leaf itself legally. So we guide and support through equipment and training and obviously our expertise in building facilities we guide them to that to do the process and so it's a it's a primary extraction with ethanol and purified water and then we use a secret mix of of different chemicals actually to separate out all of the alkaloids or the the actual drug containing element the regulated element out of the extract itself once the once the alkaloid or the decoconization process is complete we can then legally take this product off of the uh, the mountain or indigenous territory. Okay, and then I guess I'm just very curious what happens to you know the, the illegal drug part of it. I guess. So at this point, yeah, at this point we're we're very clear and when we make sure we communicate this very well that at this point at smaller scale it's being destroyed. What we actually have done and a very unique piece of of our marketing and one of our three major products is that we actually are now destroying in small scale the alkaloid into fertilizer. And so one of our three products is is fertilizer, which utilizes all of the waste streams of our extraction process. And then we track and we we consistently communicate exactly how much has been destroyed to make sure that uh, we're compliant and that we take that extra added level of quality and, and regulatory diligence. Yeah, sounds like you guys have thought of everything. Uh, what sort of infrastructure did you have to establish and, and legal hoops did you have to jump through to get this extract to Canada? Yeah, so the the real there's been a lot of work behind the scenes. I've been the CEO and chairman of the company for almost two years, but there's about seven there's just over seven years of work that's been done with these with the the NASA community with the founding team. And so actually a number of lawyers, obviously, were very, very involved in the early stages of really understanding clearly the, the Colombian decree and the indigenous, the indigenous decree, so that which gives them the ability to cultivate, touch and transform. And once we actually created the, the infrastructure with our partners uh, and set up, let's say, a process or methodology uh, to work with them hand in hand so that we can actually do the extraction the decoconization process, once that uh, the, the drug is actually extracted or isolated from the liquid, the product is actually not, there. there's no illegal element. It is not a controlled product because that drug is then taken out and destroyed. And so basically when we look at it from an international export perspective, uh, we really, we've taken this, this angle to really to heart with the company in that Coca-Cola has been doing this now for well over a century working with Peru and Coca-Cola actually is exported to over 200 countries around the world, utilizing the same, well, utilizing and, and trailblazed 
uh, kind of the international supply chain for export of uh, food and beverage ingredient and not one that has any type of regulated drug or nutraceutical within that that liquid. And so I guess getting it to Canada, U.S., it can go anywhere at this point then, right? Yeah, basically, once once we have the, once once we decoconize the product, we actually then purify it, and then we we actually do a, a very unique and and protected secret formulation to it. Then, in essence, yes, we can export it around the world. At this point, we're, we've we've done our first R and D, very small volume sample exports to lab partners, and that's that's actually probably going to be one of the things that we talk about in the call. Uh, the, the first step and then the first step in the process to our commercialization is to send out very small research and development volumes to highly respected labs to be tested and then to, to show again that this product contains no drug and is actually a high quality, clean product for consumption. And you're also partnering with Eurofins, right? Yeah, this is one of our one of our really exciting uh, press releases that we've come out recently with our partnership with Eurofins Canada to start. Uh, I actually have a great relationship with the CEO of Eurofins Canada, Sohil Mana. Uh, we've been working for years together in uh, pharmaceutical, nutraceutical, and this was obviously the next step in our relationship. But we 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 really take pride in in our team working with the best of the best uh, in terms of international quality and food and beverage supply chain. And Eurofins truly is the, the leading international testing and analytics lab. And so they were, they were an easy choice in terms of how we're going to qualify and, and show how high quality our products are with such a great partner. Mm-hmm. And so what sort of formulations are you working on developing and manufacturing? So we, our business, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult to say this, but we really try to keep the business simple from, from this perspective. Uh, we are a wholesale ingredient manufacturer and supplier. And so in the food and beverage side of our of our business, we focus on the non-alcoholic uh, decoconized extract. And then we do a very unique formulation to that. We're, we're actually going to be coming out with more information uh, with that soon. So stay tuned. Okay. And our, and our second product is an alcohol-based product. It's a uh, it's about 80% ethanol containing ethanol ingredient that can be used in vodka, gin, tequila, mezcal, you name it, uh, different different uh, alcoholic spirits. And, and both of them have an incredibly strong taste and aroma. And if you were able to taste our either one of the extracts, but specifically actually the, the, uh, the non-alcoholic base, our flagship extract, you instantly would sense the Coca-Cola taste and aroma. So it's it's very unique and and everyone is actually has a trained sense for this flavor because of what Coca-Cola has done for over a century. Interesting. And speaking of them, I mean, you kind of hinted toward it earlier, but how does what you're doing challenge Coca-Cola's decades-long global monopoly in the decoconized cocoa market? Yeah, we we really like to we really like to 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 face this one head on, and we're very excited to be the first company to actually bring decoconized product or extract from the coca leaf to international markets. But the way that we look at kind of disrupting the monopoly and changing the way that consumers can look at the the coca extracts is that we are offering our ingredients to a broad spectrum of products in food and beverage, and not just cola. We're actually not focusing on cola specifically and strategically uh, in our go-to-market strategy. We're focusing on energy drinks, performance waters, coffee, 
on the non-alcoholic side, including a number of others, but we'll come up with more information on soon. And then the alcohol side, as I said, new high-performing brands that want to bring on the coca aroma, taste, flavor, and then add that to brands that you know or brands that that consumers are are well aware of and that can all of a sudden now have this flavor and aroma that's never been uh, offered to the world outside of a cola delivery system. So it sounds like you're spanning across a number of different categories. A number of different categories, and as we, as the world will see across the, the the globe in terms of our international distribution chain. Yes. Okay. And, and so, what's the market for this, and what's the demand for it? Yeah. Well, it's really it's it's a it's a multi-trillion-dollar market, really, when you look at even just the the beverage sector. Uh, when you open up when you open up the opportunities across food and beverage. And even and even cosmetics like perfumes, the the opportunity in the market is 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 really is is wide open. It's it's hard to put a number on it. We articulate in our marketing and our in our um, our communication to the investor markets and then our partners that it really is uh, is an endless opportunity in terms of different segments and how we can look at this for uh, for market opportunities. So it's it's hard to give you a direct answer, but. I'll, I'll, the direct answer will be multi-trillion dollar market that we're that we're now the leader of outside of Coca-Cola. Okay, so you're clearly very excited about this, but what about like consumer perception? You mentioned the stigma earlier. I mean, what is what's your sense? Yeah, well, I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you can hear the smile on my face. I'm so excited to actually discuss <laughs> when I get to get into the details of this. Uh, I think we feel. We really do feel like actually there's there's really no stigma behind decoconized extract for a, a food and beverage market, and that's it's ba- very basically because Coca-Cola has become such a household brand. It's difficult to walk 20 feet in any city, town, village, anywhere in the world and not see the brand. So we don't feel like there's actually a stigma on the in the consumer market for the actual beverage side of the business. We feel that it's very important to to draw the line and to 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 communicate to consumers that since we do decoconize, uh, this is not a regulated product. It's not a pharmaceutical. It's not a nutraceutical. In fact, it's a food and beverage ingredient. And so once that's that piece is well communicated, we don't actually feel there is a stigma. There is a stigma, obviously, behind the plant, and and the UN has has obviously upheld. The highest level of regulatory and, and control over the plant and the leaf, actually the same amount of control as it is the resulting drug. And so we feel that working together with our indigenous partners and really giving them a new sustainable opportunity for revenue from this plant they've used for thousands of years, it, it really it actually really chips away at any perceived stigma and now actually the world can look at consuming this product and a real opportunity coming back to these indigenous cultures that, again, have been have been really destroyed and damaged from many perspectives from the stigma. So we're the exact opposite. Yeah. And I guess, you know, you can't really think about this ingredient without thinking about the soda, which obviously some people would argue isn't the healthiest. So what are some things that make this ingredient healthy? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question and a good point. We're really focused on and positioning our products and our partners, our, our third party partners, our brand partners, to focus on health and wellness. 
health and wellness is, is such a major element now and movement in the food and beverage industry. Uh, and is really, I think, taking the highlight and, and center stage in the last, let's say, six, seven, seven years to a decade almost now. And cola, which which is full of sugar, really is is the opposite of what the of what areas or, or consumer products that we want to play in. One of the very unique elements of coca that's been well studied and has been used for thousands of years by the indigenous is the the sweetness enhancing effect or the, the bitterness reducing effect of coca. And so our indigenous partners use it in the communities, have used it for centuries to actually increase sweetener, increase the sweetener, sweetening side of many different foods and beverages that they consume. And so that's one element where when we apply our extracts, there's an opportunity for the, the, the actual product formulator or, or development partners to drastically reduce the sugar in their product itself. And so we feel that this is a is a major element and opportunity for us to bring this product to market and truly segment ourselves in the health and wellness category and not high sugar containing colas and other energy drink products that are unhealthy from that perspective. And just looking ahead, when do you expect it to hit the shelves? Yeah, well, of, of the, there's we've got a number of uh, a number of communications that are going to be coming out in the actual in the next in the coming months. We're very excited for our product actually to be exported in volume by the end of the year. We're excited for products to be on the shelf and selling sometime in late Q4, so sometime before the end of the year, uh, and then significant volumes to hit the shelf in a number of different product offerings in Q1 of next year. Before I let you go, what's next? Is there anything else that you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I'd love everyone to keep uh, keep a close eye on us. We're we're a young company, but we've we've achieved great things. There's a lot of press and, and marketing that's going to come out, and and more information about how how unique a product that we're bringing to so many different food and beverage categories, exports to new international partners, and a very new and unique product that I might have given some insight to, and in just in how I answered that last question. So stay <laughs> tuned for, for Powerly's Corp and the new product offerings to the rest of the world. Pat, you have certainly piqued my interest. I love your enthusiasm, and I will certainly be on the lookout for more news from Power Leaves. Pat McCutcheon, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutraCast. Thanks so much, Danielle. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.